You are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Monday, June 7th, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese, and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Tonight, the California Report discusses a federal judge striking down the state's decades-old ban on assault weapons. Also in tonight's report, deliberating when to end California's year-long official state of emergency and the continued worsening drought conditions depleting California's reservoirs. National Native News covers a new Oregon law which allows Native students to wear feathers as part of graduation ceremony attire, and Walter Harper Day in Alaska commemorates the famed summit. We close this evening with science news from Al Stoller. This is the California Report. I'm Lily Jamali. A federal judge has struck down California's decades-old ban on assault weapons. The decision has drawn outrage from statewide officials, including Governor Gavin Newsom and Attorney General Rob Bonta, who made clear his office plans to appeal the ruling. KQED's Holly J. McDeed reports. In his decision, U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez in San Diego said the ban violates the constitutional right to bear arms. He compared the AR-15 rifle to the Swiss Army knife and said both are good for home and battle. San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo slammed that decision. That lands someone in this intellectual territory somewhere between oblivious and disingenuous. With 40,000 gun-related deaths every year, it is difficult to fathom how the solution to that problem is more guns and not fewer. Licardo says he expects San Jose and other cities to join in supporting the state's efforts to fight this ruling. For the California Report, I'm Holly J. McDeed. Well, another labor group is backing Governor Newsom in the recall effort. The California Teachers Association's State Council of Education, its top governing body, voted to support Newsom over the weekend. The CTA is the state's largest teachers union. In a statement, Union President E. Toby Boyd said while they didn't always agree with the governor and his approach to reopening schools, they feel he is committed to students and public education. Newsom's anti-recall campaign has reported more than $1.7 million in donations from unions. California has been living under an official state of emergency since the very beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, and Governor Newsom has had almost total authority to run the state as he sees fit in order to guide California through the coronavirus outbreak. But is it now time for Newsom to hand back some of his unilateral powers? KQED's politics reporter Katie Orr takes a look. There have been very few upsides to the COVID-19 pandemic, but takeout cocktails might be one of them. Last week in San Francisco, Governor Gavin Newsom announced restaurants would be allowed to keep offering cocktails to go and be able to maintain expanded outdoor seating through the end of the year. To allow these businesses to expand their footprint and expand their opportunity to recover from this pandemic and moreover to create new business opportunities in the future. The move is just one of dozens Newsom has taken on his own without legislative approval since the beginning of the pandemic. The governor declared a state of emergency in California on March 4, 2020. The move gave him wide latitude to act alone on issues he believed would help protect the state and its residents during the crisis. For instance, Newsom implemented a stay-at-home order. He protected renters who were affected by COVID-19. He spent hundreds of millions of dollars with limited legislative oversight. 
Loyola Law School professor Jessica Levinson says Newsom was appropriately aggressive as the virus spread. You can't say when we have exponential growth in a pandemic, I think we should all convene and talk about it and go through the committee process and vote. But come June 15th, capacity restrictions, physical distancing, and mask mandates for the fully vaccinated will largely be lifted. And Levinson says it may be time for Newsom's emergency powers to be lifted along with them. The whole idea behind separation of powers is we don't trust anyone that much. We don't want to give the so-called sovereign, the governor, too much power because they'll just keep taking and taking and taking. Are we there? No. But are we at the place where we have to say, if we can resume life as normal, then we can resume our government as normal? Yes. Republicans in Sacramento have long thought Newsom should give up some of his emergency powers. State Senator Melissa Melendez told San Diego television station KUSI last February that while some safety protocols should remain, it was time for the state of emergency to end. She introduced legislation at the end of 2020 to do just that. Take away this kind of one-man rule over the state and allow counties to determine what is best for their county, whether that is opening schools or opening businesses. Melendez's measure quickly stalled in the Democratic-controlled Senate. Newsom has largely beaten any legal challenges to his authority, with the exception of limits placed on indoor religious services. And legislative Democrats have not been in any hurry to reclaim their power. Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon told KQED he thinks things will soon go back to normal. When the state reopens on June 15th, we anticipate that a lot of that stuff will recede. We, the Assembly and the legislature more generally, obviously, we think we have a role in governance. And yeah, I mean, the emergency goes away. It's time for the emergency powers to go away. However, there's currently no vote scheduled in either the Assembly or the Senate to end the state of emergency. Newsom could end it himself. In fact, the law requires him to at, quote, the earliest possible date that conditions warrant. But for now, at least, Newsom says he'll keep the state of emergency in place past June 15th. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Newsom's office says the state of emergency gives California access to critical federal funds that help pay for services like COVID vaccinations and testing. Well, drought conditions continue to worsen in California, with most of the state currently facing either extreme or exceptional drought. This is also depleting reservoirs in the state as more than 1,500 or 50 percent lower than they should be at this time of the year. That affects boating and fishing and, of course, also the environment and agriculture. Jay Lund is with the Center for Watershed Sciences at UC Davis. He says farmers need the water to irrigate their crops. On the environmental side, low reservoir levels are particularly worrisome for winter-run salmon who spawn downstream of Shasta Dam. They need enough cold water behind Shasta to get them through June and July, and it's pretty clear that they're not going to have enough cold water to get all of them through those two hot months. Len says this drought is hotter and drier than previous ones. That means the water is evaporating faster. Support for the California Report comes from Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Water heaters only. Specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968, 
licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And that is the California Report. I'm Lily Jamali. A new Oregon law allows Native students to wear a feather on their cap for graduation ceremonies. KLCC's Brian Bull has more. Many Native students have worn eagle or turkey feathers with their cap and gown for years, but that adornment was never formally assured until this year. The Oregon legislature passed a bill that Governor Brown then signed in May. Brenda Brainerd is director of the 4J Natives program, which supports Native American culture and learning in Eugene area schools. The fact that students can incorporate their culture into their graduation for themselves and for their community is just wonderful. Allowing Native American students to practice and celebrate their culture is seen by supporters as a way to promote academic achievement and improve retention and graduation rates. For National Native News, I'm Brian Bull. After the Tehemloops Tishwepemek First Nation announced the discovery of 215 unmarked graves on the grounds of a Canadian residential school, leadership held a press conference about the discovery. Emily Schwing has more. In the last week, the community has been inundated with requests from media, public support, and many questions about what will happen next. Chief Roseanne Casimir asked for patience and privacy as her community grieves for its lost children. And the coronavirus pandemic continues. Right now, our community is also just now going through its second vaccination. Protocols for ceremony and gatherings for individuals and groups that we're asking that if you're going to be holding them within the town of Sushwabek community, it is appropriate to have permission from For nearly 80 years, the Kamloops Indian Residential School was run by the Catholic Church until the Canadian government took over in 1969. It's unclear when the children who were found passed away. Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission requested an official apology from Pope Francis for the atrocities that took place in Canada's residential school system back in 2015. Two years later, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau personally requested an apology during a visit to the Vatican. On Friday, Chief Casimir asked again. In the end, what we do want, we do want an apology, a public apology, not just for us, but for the world who also shared in those suffrages. There has never been an apology First Nations throughout Canada have received apologies from the Anglican Church, the United Church of Canada, the Lutherans, and the Methodists. Local Catholic bishops have also apologized, but Pope Francis still refuses. For National Native News, I'm Emily Schwing. Alaskans are celebrating the second annual Walter Harper Day, June 7th. Harper, a Khoikhan Athabaskan from Fairbanks, became the first person to summit North America's tallest mountain, Denali, in 1913. Harper was hired to guide an expedition. Two other Athabaskan men were also on the journey. When Harper returned, he planned to become a medical missionary, serving Alaska Native villages throughout the state's interior region, Four years later, he tragically died in a boat accident. Alaska's House and Senate passed a bill in 2020 to commemorate Harper's famed summit. A group is working to raise funds to create a bronze statue of Harper to be placed in downtown Fairbanks. 
Diné College on the Navajo Nation has accepted President Biden's challenge to help get students and community members vaccinated. Last week, the U.S. Department of Education launched the COVID-19 College Challenge. Biden's goal is to have 70 percent of the U.S. adult population receiving at least one shot by July 4th. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the Center for Indigenous Cancer Research at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center dedicated to cancer research, medicine, and cancer care for indigenous population. A no-charge online risk assessment tool is available at roswellpark.org slash assessme. Support by the Sanoski Chambers Law Firm, championing tribal sovereignty and defending Native American rights since 1976, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. Tomorrow, June 8th, local organization Color Me Human presents Voices from the Shadows, a conversation with four local Black, Indigenous, and women of color who discuss their experiences, struggles, and hopes living in rural Northern California during turbulent times. Host Daniela Fernandez will lead the Zoom discussion from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Register at colormehuman.org events. The Zoom event is free, but space is limited. At 2.24 this afternoon, a car rolled off of a hauler on southbound Highway 49, just north of Oakhurst Drive. Cleanup efforts were underway, but drivers are advised to use caution. California Highway Patrol and Sacramento Fire Department officials said five people suffered minor injuries in the collision on westbound Highway 50 near 51st Street today. A box truck overturned, blocking lanes for more than two hours. The collision, confirmed to have involved six vehicles, happened around 7.30 a.m. The truck was cleared and all lanes have been reopened, according to Caltrans and the CHP. The Bureau of Reclamation, in cooperation with the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, planned to conduct a prescribed burn near the northeastern portion of New Malonis Lake in the Glory Hole Recreation Area on June 8th and 9th, depending on daily wind and weather conditions. Cal Fire plans to begin the prescribed burn around 10 a.m. and end it the next day. The proposed burn is to reduce noxious weeds, invasive exotic plants, wildfire fuels, and enhance the existing oak woodland habitat. The prescribed burn will cover approximately 100 acres. No road closures are planned. County officials recorded eight new COVID-19 cases over the weekend, bringing the new total to 4,853. Four people were hospitalized locally Monday with COVID-19, as reported in the union. The San Francisco Chronicle reports California and Vermont are the two states at the CDC's lowest level of COVID transmission. And now for regional weather. In Grass Valley in Nevada City, tonight, clear with a low around 47. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 68. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, partly cloudy, with a low around 37. 
Tomorrow will be sunny with a high near 59. The National Weather Service has issued a red flag warning for the greater Lake Tahoe and Truckee area. It will remain in effect until 11 p.m. due to gusty winds and low humidity. Wind-prone areas may see gusts up to 45 miles per hour. And tonight in Sacramento and Woodland, mainly clear skies with a low around 51. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 75. This cooling trend will continue through Wednesday with below normal temperatures. Late last month, Mount Niragongo volcano erupted and killed people in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Why would people build their homes on the side of an active volcano? Al Stoller explains. A couple hundred million years ago, a dinosaur gazed up at the full moon and saw the exact same pattern of dark and light that we see on the moon today. The exact same pattern that paints the man in the moon. The exact same pattern painted on the moon by bright mountains and dark basins. In 200 million years, mountains and basins on the moon have not changed. Truth be told, the face of the moon has not changed for billions of years. The moon is a dead world. The moon does not change because deep down in its core, down in its belly, the moon is cold. Suppose the dinosaurs had invented space rockets and spaceships and had launched themselves to the moon. Standing on the moon, looking back toward Earth, dinosaurs would have seen planet Earth also painted in patterns of mountains and basins. But the pattern of mountains and basins they would have seen 200 million years ago would have been very different from the pattern painted on Earth today. Deep down inside, Earth's core, Earth's belly, is hot. And that heat energy coming up from our core puts the Earth through changes. A lot of us felt one of those changes a couple of weeks ago. An earthquake rumbled through the Sierra in the middle of the night as rocks on the east side near Tahoe adjusted to the motion, to the grinding of North America and the floor of the Pacific grinding against each other. North America and the Pacific are on the move, moving across the face of the planet. The energy that pushes continents and ocean basins across the planet is heat, heat coming up from the belly of the Earth. But the Pacific Ocean Basin did not exist 200 million years ago. It was not part of the pattern dinosaurs would have seen looking at Earth from space. 200 million years ago, there was no North America, no South America, no Africa, Asia, Europe, no Pacific, no Atlantic. When the dinosaurs showed up something over 200 million years ago, all there was was one continent, the supercontinent of Pangaea. And Pangaea was surrounded by one humongous ocean. Pangaea did not live long. That heat coming up from the belly of the earth pushed on Pangaea here, pulled on Pangaea there, broke Pangaea apart pulled North America away from Europe, pulled South America away from Africa, creating the Atlantic between. 
and right where the continents were splitting apart, right where a new ocean basin was being created, volcanoes erupted. Here and there, over the surface of the earth, the heat from earth's belly is pushing rock apart, creating or attempting to create new oceans. One such spot is in East Africa, and in the Democratic Republic of Congo, what might one day be a mid-ocean volcano in the past few weeks erupted on land. Nilagongo volcano claimed lives. People lived on that volcano. People still live on the volcano slopes. Why would people choose to build a home on the side of an active volcano? Well, of course, there's politics involved, and of course, there's economics involved. But there's also biochemistry, the chemistry you and I do in our bodies, the chemistry plants do in their bodies, mixing atoms, gluing atoms together, ungluing atoms, putting them back together in new combinations. All the chemistry we do to grow our bodies, repair our bodies, it all depends on having the right atoms available, atoms that plants pull from the soil, Atoms that get used up, washed away. The soil needs to be restocked with new atoms. That is what volcanoes do. Volcanoes bring fresh rock full of fresh atoms up from below. The soil around a volcano is righteous. Aware of the risks, farmers put down roots. Farmers build homes on volcanoes. The Niragongo volcano is not erupting at the moment, but it will erupt again, and people will build their homes once again on its sides. Until, perhaps, sometime in the future, this piece of real estate in Africa becomes a new ocean basin. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller. We get support from Selmer Law Group, a real estate and business law firm with offices in Nevada City and Santa Rosa. Jay Zelmer has been practicing law in California since 1983. More information online, zelmerlawgroup.com. And Carmen's Garden and Greenhouse, locally owned since 2012 on Loma Rica Drive, Grass Valley. Stocking greenhouse frames, coverings, and components, down-to-earth amendments, and IPM products. Open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. K-A-R-M-E-N-S Garden.com Stick around. Coming up next at 6.30 is Disability Wrap with Carl Sigmund. And at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. That's our newscast for tonight, Monday, June 7th, 2021. Thanks very much for listening. I'm your new summer news anchor, Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great night.